Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Vietnam, where we're having an amazing time with our business as mission meeting, but it's not Vietnam that we're talking about for this podcast. For this podcast, we have our dear sister on. Barbara, are you there? Yes, I am. It's so great to have you back. Well, it's good to be back, and uh, I, I know we never are apart in spirit, um, the body of Christ is always together. Amen. Yes. And, uh, you know, we have had people around the world praying for Syria, you know, every since you and I did our podcast together about Syria, I just felt that we need to get as many people focused as possible and, and pray for the nation of Syria and Kurdistan, as well as the area that you're in, because anything that really happens in Syria, you see it. I mean, you are so close to the border, and in many ways, the border is, is not even a real border. I mean, the people on both sides of that border are closely related, the Kurds. And uh, from the, I mean, you, you basically have this man-made line that kind of, you know, goes right down the middle of a people group. Uh, the Kurdish people who you have been living and serving with for a while. Um, I would love it. I know that people in for our Back to Jerusalem podcast have heard you several times before, but for those that haven't, I would love if you could just take a few minutes and introduce yourself and where you're at and what you're doing. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Uh, in March, it'll be five years. God called me here. Uh, in 2014 to just uh, come and teach English. And when I arrived, ISIS was on, it was coming, it was going to step into the city that I live in called Tahuk, Kurdistan, northern region of Iraq, and it's the Iraqi Kurds. And um, the Lord Jesus just commanded me to stay. He said, just stay here and pray. And so uh, ISIS was run out of this, out of, out of this area, and they retreated into Syria. So when they retreated into Syria, they joined hands with Iran. Iran um, has called for a caliphate along with Turkey. And we're, we're just living in the last days. We're living, I believe, in the last moments of the last days. And so what's happening here is that Turkey has to eradicate the Kurds. The Kurds are not radical. Uh, uh, they are Islamic, but they're not radical. They just believe that everyone should live together pray as you pray. Christians are welcome. Uh, Jews are welcome. Uh, my mother is Jewish. And so by birth, I'm a Jew, but I'm a Christian by my faith, by my choice. And I have been welcomed and um, they're watching prayer. People that I'm close to, when we pray, things happen. So I'm excited to, to be here and help and roll up our sleeves and get busy uh, to make sure that uh, if they're if they're refugees, if they if they've been chased out of of Syria, the Syrian Kurds, when they come here to Dahuk, which they're welcome to, uh, we we are um, excited about helping and and being a part of their life, and they're very grateful. 
Yeah, you know, when we first started, when I did the, the first podcast with you about the situation in Syria, when we saw a tweet that came from President Trump about his proposal for Syria, and then the immediate reaction that we saw from Turkey that went into Syria, um, we immediately began to pray right after we did the, the podcast with you and you shared with us about the situation. And I have to say, I mean, things don't look perfect in Syria, but we're not hearing about Syria, at least in the news, in the way that we were before. It seemed that all hell was breaking loose in Syria just a few weeks ago, and now that doesn't seem to be the case. Is that just a news cycle, or is there something to that? I just want to say prayer works. Prayer is beyond any news. It's beyond anything that man can project and and uh, try to uh, uh, lead us down some some different different roads and different ideas. The situation in Syria has gotten so much better. My hat is off. My heart is out to President Trump. President Trump left troops there. And uh, again, Eugene, when you talk about Syria, Syria is right over the mountain for me. If I drive to Zaho, I can see Syria. So it, it's you know, it's probably maybe 20, 30 minutes uh, of a drive and there's the Black Mountain and there's Syria. So I'm not, I'm not uh, talking about this or reflecting on this just just from a, from a uh, theoretical standpoint. Um, your prayers are working and it's beyond anything we could imagine. As you know, President Trump took out uh, Baghdadi and he didn't talk to Congress, he didn't talk to anybody, but together uh, with the YPG, uh, Peshmerga was up there, and American troops took out Baghdadi, which is the head of ISIS. And so they are rocking and reeling, even as today, prayer works. And I wanna uh, ask the listeners and, and ask the suggest, not suggest, but to keep them in prayer because prayer works in your personal life, in your family life, and nationally and internationally. Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like almost immediately after the prayer, we, we saw Pence fly to Turkey. We saw um, a, 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 a peace, which it doesn't look like. I mean, there, there has been some unfortunate uh, loss continue. Um, we saw a partner of, um, of a person by the name of David Eubanks with uh, the Free Burma Rangers. He lost one of his medical people from shelling that has come from Turkey. But I don't think, at least as an observer, I, I have to concur with what you said. You know, I, I, have, I can't go into details, but we have a Back to Jerusalem training center in that area of Syria. And we have been uh, seeing so many Syrian refugees over the last five years. And our job has been supporting them and providing counseling for them. Uh, my hope is that I will be able to introduce you to that individual uh, within the next com uh, couple of months. But I sat down with him and I asked him, how are things with the Syrian refugees? Are you seeing an increase since Turkey has invaded into Syria? And he said, no, actually, we're seeing the numbers go down. We're seeing people go back into Syria from, or coming back into Syria from across the border. Uh, the, the refugee camps that he and his team have been serving in are seeing fewer and fewer Syrians because they feel that it's safer to go home. 
Um, and so not everywhere is as dangerous as it seems on the news, or at least that's the report that we're getting from our team right now. And I mean, now that's what we're hearing from you and you're right there on the border. Well, indeed. And we have uh, some of the refugees who have come in and, you know, the Dream Center is a dream center. They walk into the Dream Center and they don't quite know why they're there. You know, it's a little place on KRO Street. God has given us the favor and the privilege to be on the busiest street in Hook. And people come in and they say, what do you do here? And uh, my mission is to really lead them to Christ Jesus, but he's given us vehicles, he's, he's given us pillars in this life, and I, I believe there's seven of them, and one of mine is education, and they sit down and they start to work through English a little bit. We, uh, we subsidize with the help of Back to Jerusalem. We don't have to charge them. They want to pay, they want to pay a little, and so their work, they all work somewhere so they can pay a little and we subsidize the rest of it. And we introduce them to English. And of course they ask, what am I, you know, and they start to ask religious questions. And because they're not radical, they're just, they're just holding on to some kind of faith. They were prior Zoroastrians and Zoroaster uh, it worship, kind of worships fire. And so Islam was shoved down their throat and they come in and, and we start to talk about Jesus. And, and and I say, watch this, watch that. They're watching signs, miracles, and wonders. And these refugees are coming in. They'll stay with me for a month, two months, and they go back to Syria. They want to go home. That's that's their home is uh, the Kurdish the Kurdish uh, group of people in Syria. And they go back and they start, they start working and rebuilding doing electricity and, and, and rebuilding their homes. So it's it's fantastic to be a part of. I, I just love the mission of the Dream Center. I love what you're doing there, the making the deposits into so many lives, young people's lives, leaders' lives. You have people that come through that are leaders and politicians and educated members of society that are you know, running businesses and you are making massive deposits. I think that will be seen for generations to come. And I, I really love what you guys are doing there. Now, with the Syrians that are coming in, um, are you seeing Arabic Syrians or are you seeing Kurdish Syrians or is it a mix of both? Well, our Arabic uh, group, wonderful young people are coming in from Baghdad, Basra. They're coming from the south of Iraq. So they are not um, uh, Kurdish per se, but to have Arabs and Kurdish sitting in the same room. We're seeing the Kurdish come in from Syria, and I have the Arabic students coming in, and I, I saw that you looked at one of my posts this morning, and that young lady is from Baghdad. So I've got Arabs, I've got uh, uh, Kurdish, and I've got Azidis sitting in the same room along with Christians. So it's Amazing. a lot of fun to, to teach in that environment. Amazing. And uh, the the post that I saw was seemed to be this young man who was uh, in the protest, a kind of this almost artistic movement where I don't want to call it graffiti, but it looked like they were spray painting kind of a wall or a tunnel uh, of an overpass of some sort, or at least that's what it seemed to me. And then he was he was singing, and the singing just reminded me of these this desert cry uh, that you know was reminiscent of something that I would hear in Israel or in Jerusalem. It was a beautiful sound. Uh, and uh, and so he was singing. What is taking place in, in, in Baghdad? Well, what's happening in Baghdad is Iran had moved into Syria 
Iran's mission is to take Jerusalem. Their mission is to take Israel. And they've joined hands with Turkey and they've joined hands with uh, Islamic forces, uh, uh, ISIS in Syria. And what they what their plan is, is to take, they can't do any of that. They can't complete their mission. There is in their mind, an actual uh, ha uh, a partial moon on the map. And it's, it's a caliphate, it's a caliphate symbol. Iraq is part of that. And what they've done is moved into Iraq and they have uh, taken over the parliament, Iran has. And the young people have said, you know what, that's enough. We're not jihadists. We don't want a theocracy. We want to live and let live. So they've welcomed Christians. They've welcomed Kurdish. They've welcomed whoever wants to be in this revolution. The song you heard sung, uh, Eugene, is the song of revolution. And they've painted most of the buildings. They've shut down the government. They've shut down the parliament. And uh, they've been uh, uh, shot at by I I Iranians. And they have the passports and the bullets to prove it. So they are taking over, they've taken over the government and they said no more will we have a government that uh, joins hands with Iranian forces. That to me is exciting because basically when we saw the fall of Saddam Hussein, we basically saw Iran move in. And with ISIS, I think the Iranians also saw ISIS as an opportunity to move in. Um, so they've moved into Iraq. They've moved into Syria. They've been using Iraq as kind of a, of a transfer uh, location to get more military and equipment into Syria to use against Israel, uh, to set up against Israel. And when I have been watching from afar these protests in Baghdad, I, I'm just reminded of the power of our God because what we're seeing um, with the protests, and I don't want to speak too prematurely here. I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful with what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing something that in my hope, I don't think that we could have seen with a military intervention. I don't think the U.S. government could have moved in a military unit to overthrow the government that is being controlled by the Ayatollah in Iran. Um, I think that we would have saw resistance from everywhere. But when we pray, there we see the hearts change, not forced from the outside in, but this, this bubbling out from the inside out. And that, to me, is exciting. So I was so excited to see that on your, on your social media today. Well, the Bible says pray without ceasing. We are walking, when you walk in the spirit realm and we leave the natural uh, to the side. I, I watch the news. I try to see what's updated. The news is getting old because God is making new news. And here his spirit is pouring over this land. When we pray, we actually get to, and, and we pray we pray in faith, um, not childlike, and not, I mean, not childish, but childlike and asking God, believing him that he will move in a place when he sends us out. Jesus said, go ye for a reason. When we go out and we get out of ourselves and we get out of our kind of Western thoughts and things that the, the way we're used to doing things and we just um, surrender to him, we can ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is teaching us exactly what to say strategically for prayer. And we're, we're seeing the young people come alive. Um, they're joining hands. Uh, Christians are, are involved in this. 
the Iraqi church is on fire right now. Wow. Uh, people are in there praying 24 hours a day. Um, the leaders of the Iraqi church are, uh, uh, there's no threat against them. They're, they're just in there uh, serving the Lord and praying and people are packing into the churches in Iraq right now. Uh, what can you tell us about the Iraqi church right now? The Iraqi church is um, sustained only by the grace of God. And they've been quiet, they're pretty orthodox, just like uh, the Coptic Christians in, in Egypt that we saw, they were they were not hurt by the Muslim Brotherhood at the time when, when things were rocking. The Iraqi church um, has joined hands with the young people and said, we're just gonna pray our, our Christian prayers and we're gonna watch God's hand move. Um, food is, food is, is, is coming. The, the young people are painting the walls. In fact, uh, the young people in Iraq are so cute right now that, uh, during the revolution, it's a, it's actually a revolution. They're giving food to the same Iranians that are, that are snipers up on the building. They told them it's going to be a while. So we're going to feed you. We're going to make <laughs> sure you're okay because we're not going anywhere. And uh, so it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch. And the and the church is a refuge, and it's a high tower, and and God is moving by His Spirit. Um, you know, there's just action from the Lord going on here, and it isn't hypothetical, it isn't theoretical. We're seeing the hand of God move on this area. And as you know, uh, when ISIS came to uh, to Sinjar, Sinjar is 500 miles exactly from Jerusalem. They want Sinjar because they want to fire missiles on Israel. They want to have a strategic threat against Israel, and they just can't get there. They cannot get there. Uh, have you been in services where you are seeing new believers that are coming from a Muslim background? Not only have I been in services, Robbie, but I've taken people to different churches here that are Muslim, and the Muslims have taken me to the older churches. Uh, we drove up to a church uh, outside of Mosul, and when we got there, the Christians surrounded the car with guns because here's a Muslim group coming in, and the men explained in Arabic, no, we're bringing this Christian woman in to pray. And uh, the Muslims prayed with me in the chapel. Wow. Wow, that is powerful. Uh, what about like signs of baptism or uh, have you seen any of those? Have you seen that increase at all? Uh, the baptisms are going on in Baghdad right now. And uh, the, also baptisms are going on in Erbil right now. People are getting baptized and they're they're not in. It's a it's a funny thing and not a funny thing, but they're not afraid in Kurdistan, and that's why the Turks want to eradicate the Kurds. The Kurds are not afraid to say we love Jesus. And if you talk to them, they call him a prophet. They they love to talk about Isa as a prophet. But when um, I refer to him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and I refute the, the the whole idea that he did not rise from the dead. He was killed. He rose from the dead on the third day with all power in his hands. And I said, so let's watch the power. Let's watch the signs, the miracles, and the wonders. And they're seeing it. As an example, uh, Sam Cruz, who's the uh, my manager at the Dream Center, took he gets a small salary. He took his small salary and had a chance to, he's got some old land, some land and old buildings outside of the hook. And he took his, his, his little salary and he's purchasing cows. And this, to him, he told me this was a dream. 
And he said, it'll never happen. And I said, well, watch Jesus. And he got the cows, he got a, a couple cows, and he's um, he can hire, actually hire refugees to help him feed the cows. And so he has a, he's, he started a little cow business from the Dream Center. <laughs> wow. Which <laughs> yeah, is so it's, good. It's amazing. I mean, that's, that is that is an area that I mean could really use an increase in agricultural output. Um, yes. As as we as we uh, wrap up, I just want to ask if people want to know more about the Dream Center. They want to know about how they can pray for you and how they can follow the work that you're doing. Where can they go for that information? Well, they could go to Light Dash foundation.net the uh, website that we have and click up in the right hand corner and the the problem is Eugene we have so much going on it's hard to update all the time so but we've got we've got some some pictures and some stories of the things we're doing some of the things I, I can't disclose because of the area that we're living in um, although the government has given me favor here, I try to I try to behave myself because <laughs> I'm one of those fiery Christians. And so we have uh, light-foundation.net is our website, um, so they can go on there. And I've come I've shown the the ministry of light, and also light was founded in America, brought it to Kurdistan. Kurdistan gave us permission and a license to work in Kurdistan. Also, the Dream Center is in is in that is in that uh, website, so people can see what we're doing. And the little the little cow farm is probably I'm guessing five miles. They they measure in kilometers here, but it's five miles from Syria. So people can not only come over and find work, but they could find refuge at the little cow farm. Oh, awesome! And. Uh... Uh, on November 9th, uh, this month, of course, we're doing this podcast a little early from when it will be posted, but on November 9th on our website, you will see a special day of prayer for Syria that focuses on Barbara's ministry and the things that she's doing at Light Foundation. Again, her website is lightfoundation, L-I-G-H-T dash foundation.net, light dash foundation.net. Thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us. Oh, you're so welcome. And thank you for um, all of the love that's shared through the partners. And just pray for our strength here um, because God has given us so much work. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And so we just pray for strength. And I'm praying for all the Back to Jerusalem partners and those working in the fields also. And uh, your work, Eugene, is uh, it goes without saying God is just using you in tremendous ways. Awesome. Thank you so much, sister. It's good to hear your voice. Until next time. Thank you. All right. Bless you. And bless you too. Thank you for joining us for this Back to Jerusalem podcast. I pray that when you go into your prayer closet tonight or today or this morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast, if you're sitting at your office, if you're driving your car, wherever you are, if you can just think about what is taking place in one of the darkest, most closed areas of the world in the heart of the Middle East, that's where Barbara's at. That's where the light foundation is. That's where the, she is bringing the light to one of the darkest regions of the world. And so when you're driving, when you're working, when you're praying, when you're at home, could you think of her and share with the Father and just pour out your heart and pray a blessing over her, uh, over the people that she serves together with and the work that she's doing there? 
I want to thank you for downloading another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Vietnam. God bless you.